0: A crude laboratory in the basement of his home.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. Today we have a really interesting interview with John Mason who is the founder, president, CEO of Shenango Brokers, a wholesaler here in New York that operates in 24 different states. And I've known of Shenango Brokers for as long as I've been writing and doing business in New York as an insurance agent, so 10, 15 years. Um, But just recently, I um, started working with them because they have a pretty... Uh, wide set of commercial auto carriers and commercial auto as everyone knows is difficult right now and in New York it's particularly difficult as different carriers have started just literally non-renewing all their commercial auto business and getting out of the state and I needed someone to help me because it just... It, the commercial auto is tough and as we talk about commercial auto particularly as we get into the episode um, you know part of it is commercial auto has a ton of losses and it can really destroy your loss ratio and and even though there's good premium having all that premium on the books with a carrier where you're maybe trying to build up a strong uh, loss ratio and contingency book can be an issue and not that I'll say that that was my primary motivation for going to them I simply needed access and, and markets that would write the business uh, it's a it's a very it's a thoughtful conversation. It's something to think about as you're crafting your book and, and trying to become the most profitable organization that you can and, and finding solid partners to help you write more business. And John is just a very dynamic guy. I love the way he thinks about the business. He's been around for a long time. He's done a lot of really interesting things and uh, I just think you're gonna enjoy this. I know I enjoyed it and uh, I I just I, th- I think you're gonna love it. But before we get to John, I want to give a big shout out. I want to talk about one of our sponsors one of the sponsors that makes this show possible, and that's Advisor Evolved. Advisor Evolved is the only choice for insurance websites. If you're using someone else's insurance website, just know that you have made a tactical decision. You've made a a, a, a conscious decision to use a lesser product. Just know that, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you don't care about your business, and there's a way that you can fix it. Go to AdviserEvolved.com. AdviserEvolved.com today. Connect with Chris and his team. Get yourself an Advisor Evolved website. Get quote vids. Get all the other gangster products that come with an Advisor Evolved website today. All right, let's get on to John. So, all right, so, so where where I want to start is actually um, actually maybe towards the end, but I, I just find it to, I just love this. Uh, I just love this sentence. Um, so I was, I was looking over the like breakdown of your book, follow the money, which is to, for those listening at home, like, you know, I, I had obviously heard your name and we both operate in New York and I knew about Shenango, but um, you know, we've never spoken until recently. And then right. I was, I've been talking to Shenango a little bit for your specialty commercial auto, because I've and I'm sure a lot of agents struggle with just how rapidly it changes and having the right companies and all that. And long story short, you know, in, in part of talking to you, I think Jamie or you, someone someone sent me a copy of your book. I read it. I loved it. Um, Follow the Money is the name of the book. You can get on Amazon for everyone who's listening. We'll have it linked up in the show notes. But in the description, you say, over the last 30 years, the street smart entrepreneurs used unique marketing and management ideas to march into New York City and buy five brokerages expand his own brokerage network into 20 states while relaxing from his home in the Caribbean. And I just was like, if that is not this, this rainbowed picture of, you know, like the American dream slash where everyone is trying to get to. Uh, I just thought that was like this perfectly written sentence. It was like, okay, so you got to that spot. How the hell did it, that happen?
0: It was a lot of work. Uh, a lot of work. You got to work smart. You got to work hard. You, I, I think the key to it is, Ryan. I I learned long ago that I'm not an insurance agent. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur and a marketer who happens to be in the greatest business in the world. That would be the insurance agent and brokerage business. And you know, I started with this tiny little agency in this little town of about 1,200 people here in the middle of upstate New York that I, you know, since COVID, I am very grateful to be living here in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, it's been fantastic. But, but I go back and forth uh, to my place in St. Croix where I work every day. And uh, you, I've been working virtually for many years. So this was, this was nothing new to us, but it can be done. And agents need to remember that, you know, when they get a license in a state, I don't care if it's in New York or Kansas, they're licensed to do business anywhere that that license says they can do business in that state. They're not just bounded by their own hometowns. And you have to remember that,
1: you know, that to me is, um, one of the ideas that I am so glad is being hopefully completely driven out of the industry with COVID because not, not, and not that, not that operating in your hometown and being a force in your hometown is a bad thing. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But I do think that a lot of agents, and, and, and I even find myself sometimes being caught in this, like we become very, uh, uh, we get tunnel vision, you know, with a 50 mile radius around wherever the pin drops on the map versus thinking bigger about what's possible uh, in, in, our, in our state. And, and then, I mean, with, with some of the stuff that um, the National Producer Network has now or whatever it is. You can, you can get licensed in other states for 150 bucks. Now you're an license. Yeah. It takes 10 minutes. I'm licensed
0: in 24 states and we're sitting here in this little town, you know, in the middle of nowhere and we're riding a uh, small and medium-sized commercial auto in 24 states coast
1: to coast. Yeah, you know, so so yeah, along with, with
0: many other products, personal and commercial, but you know, we're doing it from here.
1: Yeah. And I think I think that's the idea, you know. I I I love, I love that people, lo- you know, want to have roots in their hometown. I think that's a good thing, and I think insurance agencies for a long time have been staples of the local community. But I think, unfortunately, because of how easy it is for directs, captives, techs, other independent agents who are more digitally or or just marketing focused to to. To move into that town and 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 create a presence, it it's too small. You you have you can't you can't protect the longevity of your business by staying so narrowly focused on such a small geographic region.
0: Absolutely, and you know, for I I was known for many years as a personal lines guy, and I wrote before I became a, became a wholesaler. I wrote personal lines. I didn't just write a house and car here and there. I was writing home and auto everywhere in New York and Pennsylvania. My, auto, my office is actually right on the New York, Pennsylvania line. And I, back in those days, I would use those penny saver newspapers. Today we have social media. It makes it even easier. And you can you can literally do business with people and uh, for personal lines, or you want to pick a niche in small commercial lines, and then partner with a wholesaler such as myself, who's got some interesting products. But you can literally do this in any state uh, that you've got a license in. It. It's very easy to do. And you can perpetuate yourself uh, and your income quite well if you use some of the other strategies that I've talked about, you know, to nurture and retain that book of business.
1: Yeah. So tell me just a little bit for for people who may be unfamiliar. You, you have kind of a unique story just, just in terms of, you know, it, I don't know, you know, you say right in your bio, like you didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth. Like I think that means a lot of things to a lot of different people but like you know just talk to me a little bit about how if you do, if you're not an insurance agent which i would agree i, I feel oftentimes i feel very similar that it's a it, i have to fight myself to get into insurance agent mode but i feel very comfortable in agency owner mode if that makes sense and Absolutely. so 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 it feels, I think that's one of the things that we initially connected on is that mindset. But I'd love for you to talk through how you, how you got into that, how you kind of, how you realize, because I think there's a lot of agents that fight this idea. They feel like they should be an insurance agent, but yeah. their mind is telling them they think more like an owner or an entrepreneur.
0: Right. It definitely is a mindset change, Ryan. <clears throat> In fact, that's what's key to it. You have to make a decision one day, and I did. I had gone to a seminar, you know, a weekend-long seminar 20 years ago, and came home and decided I'm going to lock myself away for about a week and start designing the systems and procedures in order for myself to be delegated away. So one of the first things that I did is I just started delegating and I'd write down anything that I did somebody else could do. And it's amazing the things that you can get off of your plate. And I got it to the point where, and I realize people listening to this come from various size agencies. So if you're in a one or two man show, it's going to be different. You know, maybe you can get yourself somebody part time, a couple hours a day or a week or whatever to assist you. But, you know, we were a larger agency at that time because we were both retail and we had the wholesale, now we're strictly wholesale, but I was able to hire a personal assistant and delegated things. And we have these team leaders within the agency and an operations manager and an accounting manager. And the key to it is I think the agency principal has got to gear himself then so that he is the marketer. There's a huge difference between marketing and selling. You know, the marketing is putting the bait on the hook and the selling is reeling it in. And I'm a marketer. And, you know, you're marketing every day. And I don't care if it's whether you're marketing uh, in a case of an agent to attract uh, new clients. It's also to attract and retain employees, recognition in the community, retain your business. Everything you're doing is always marketing.
1: Yeah. I, um, I was talking to, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Nicholas Ayers, but he's an agency owner and he, um, sure. yeah, yeah. So I was talking to him and uh, I use uh, the CRM system that I use in my agency. Is actually, he's a partner. And so we were talking and he asked me, you know, something about the agency. And I just looked at him and I said, you know what, man, I said, at my core, all I really am is a hype man. That's, that's really what I'm the best at is like getting people hyped up about shit. Like that's really, that's, Wait, that's, that's, that's the, that's where I can add the most value to an organization where you said it, wrote this down. What do I do that someone else could do? What are all those things? And right. basically I'd say everything that I do, my skills are duplicatable outside of hype man and and take that word for whatever you want it to be. But the idea, I think, I, I so believe in what you're saying. Like, this makes so much sense to me. And I feel like it's why so many agents struggle with this sense of um, uh, almost like disconnect with their agency because they want well, you, to do one you thing. You hit it. Yeah. But you
0: just hit it. You say hype man or pitch man. That, that's kind of what it is, uh, you know? And I don't want to get political, but there are certainly things that could be said in the current environment about knowing how to connect with your audience. So if you're familiar with some of the marketing that I do, probably the highest paid thing that I do in the course of a day is when I'm writing copy. I understand the things that I can put into a sentence to appeal to my reader. and The reason for the first sentence is to get the reader to read the sentence, the second sentence and so on. So, you know, you're, you're. The agent's job is to bring customers into that agency, just like the restaurant owner's job is to bring people patrons into his restaurant uh, or in this, these times the sidewalk. Um, But your job is to put gas in that engine and then have the systems and procedures in place to service and retain it.
1: So why do you think Actually,
0: I should have said acquire service yeah. and retain it because you're not going to make any money if you're sitting there with a pad of applications or your iPad and, you know, writing renter's apps yourself.
1: Yes. And um, so why do you think, where do you think the disc, why do you think it doesn't feel like, I mean, I'm in position this a different way. It doesn't feel like most agencies make this leap or make it all the way. They say, this is a huge Um, bottleneck I think for a lot of agencies was this what we're talking about right here so why do you what do you think it was that allowed you to make this jump what did you see what did you hear what did you feel or whatever that that allowed you to make this leap and then kind of take your business to a whole another level
0: I am a very hungry entrepreneur and I have been uh, since I was a child I've been working hard since I was about 12 and I grew up, as I said, very poor. Watched my parents uh, not struggle, but you know, we were lower middle class, and they worked very hard, and they did very well for themselves. Uh, they didn't become wealthy, but they worked hard, and I saw that, and I saw opportunity, and I've always had drive, and I just did it. And I think that anybody can do it. You just you be not afraid. Um, just you've got to follow your dream you've got to set your goals and what gets written down gets done so i would write down daily tasks that i wanted to do and the daily tasks that i wanted to do are all related to my bigger picture goals my maybe 90 day or six month goals and i i'm big on lists and punch lists and i just work at that list which you know gets added to and scratched off until i get things done and again, write it down, it'll get done. And just be a fierce delegator, hire quality people that you can trust and get the job done.
1: Yeah. What are, um, so in today, so right now, a lot of people per this discussion, a lot, there's a huge debate that goes on between hiring people, We'll call them, you know, kind of the standard American worker versus, say, uh, Puerto Rican or a, a Filipino um, VA. There's also VAs in, in India, a lot of other countries. So say, say, a, a, an outside, a, a non-U.S. based um, virtual assistant versus, you know, someone who's going to sit in an office. Like, obviously, we're. Right.
0: I, I, I think what you're trying, what you're trying to say, Ryan, is what are the differences in the The functions that a virtual assistant, regardless of where they're from, uh, can perform versus somebody in an office setting,
1: yeah, and where do you stand on the the topic? Where do you see advantages, disadvantages, sure. and what would you do?
0: Sure there are certainly uh, a lot of functions that an agency can outsource uh, to. Virtual assistance, you know, you have to be very careful, first of all, of what uh, the security is on on the other end of that equation. That's also it's a, a huge exposure. So I just want to talk from kind of a ways that you know you could utilize them as a the standpoint, and I probably utilize them differently as a wholesaler than someone running an agency would, but they can easily handle uh, doing quoting, they can handle all sorts of back end things, your downloads from your carriers, getting things assigned, Uh, they, they, in our case, they they do some personal lines, uh, data inputting for us, they handle getting things that are not downloaded into the management system, which thank God isn't a lot, there's a lot of accounting transitions that either they can handle, but you know, for somebody that to be able to give advice to a consumer, they need to be licensed. So the idea I would think would be to do what I did in all the years that I ran a very successful agency, is to get your CSRs licensed. Train your clients that either John or Susie CSR can help them. They have the exact same license that you do. They're here to advise and they'll help you. And then John or Susie CSR has the virtual assistant supporting them to perform, to perform functions behind the scenes. And that seems to work uh, quite well for a lot of agencies.
1: Yeah. I I think, you know, I I think you're, you're right on it. And and the reason I asked that question is this, this idea of freeing yourself up to do the things that allow you to grow and, and to grow the business, um, this is a huge, it's a huge hang up. It's a, it's a very technical hang up, right? So the high level idea that, that you outlined, I think and everyone listening would agree with, but then that next step is
0: fine. And there's a fine line,
1: Ryan. Yeah.
0: You also have to understand, uh, you know, how to do some of a lot of the key functions in your business. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be at all above telling you that at nine o'clock last night, I was entering a, a 40 vehicle fleet in California, trying to you know help get something out that needs to be done quick. So, you know, know how to run your business, be able to pitch in when you need to. But for the most part, I spend most of my time trying to grow it. Yeah. And other people who have been loyal uh, team members here, most of them for around 20 years, know what to do. They're trained and they handle what they need to do.
1: So you're running a successful growing retail agency. You sit down, you're, you're starting to map out what your future looks like and you decide to add wholesale elements or, and, and just so I may have the timeline a little wrong, you decide to push into wholesale more. Talk, talk through that decision because I'll say I know how to use wholesalers, but I don't know a tremendous, a lot about yeah, wholesale. I'm business.
0: glad you brought that up because I, I get asked that a few times a year. First of all, there's a lot of agents who have the misconception that being a wholesaler is the land of milk and honey. And believe me, it's not. Um, unless you're of the mega, mega size, uh, a lot of times you're working on standard agency commissions, uh, just like retail agencies get. And so you're working on a much smaller margin. Uh, how I happen to do it, I had a small a small wholesaler come to me looking to have me produce business for him. I said, I have more markets than you do. Why don't I partner with your agents and very soon we had a marketing relationship going and very soon after that I wound up buying Shenango. It was owned by a small insurance company at that time. And uh, But the other thing you have to be really careful of is your systems and procedures. First of all, not every, not every company is going to let you do it. And almost every company, if they find out you're doing it behind behind their back, will have some sort of a disciplinary type of discussion with you. I've seen companies terminate agents for it. Uh, Your E&O carrier is certainly going to want to be aware of it. I certainly wouldn't recommend trying to sneak it beyond them. Uh, eligibility for E and O can certainly uh, be impacted by the percentage of business that an agency brokers, and you've got to have the systems and procedures set up. You know, for many years we were both retailers and wholesalers, and we are strictly wholesalers at this point and moving forward. But we had the systems and procedures in place uh, at the time, and we were running, you know, two different kinds of businesses. And believe me. They are much different uh, procedures. You know, sometimes agents will say, well, why do you do that? Well, I have ENO insurance, too, and we need to make sure that we do things so that, you know, the carriers, uh, most importantly the clients, uh, that everybody in the transaction is protected. It, it's, it's a little more difficult to set up a wholesale brokerage than people think.
1: Yeah, I, I believe that. probably wasn't
0: the answer everybody wanted to hear. But no, no. It's, it's, it's something that uh, there's a way to do it. There's a way not to do it.
1: What was it about the wholesale business that you liked? Like, why did you eventually go full wholesale?
0: Um, and when I got into it, to so just kind of shed light on the whole thing, I saw it as a way to keep my, you know, very rapidly growing small town agency that I had 20 years ago, further expanding. Why did I decide to get out of it? Um, I'll be, I'll be quite honest. why did I decided to get out of the retail agencies and stick with the wholesale? Uh, we, we began selling off the retail agencies, uh, six years ago, we sold the operations down, in, uh, New York city. And then four years ago, we sold the upstate New York uh, agencies and retained strictly Shenango. And we had done quite well as wholesalers several years ago. And uh, we have some unique markets that others don't have. I had had a uh, quite candid. Uh, Three and a half years ago, I took care of a very personal uh, problem, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, Many people listening to this have been at insurance industry events with me and seen what a jackass I can be when I am. And I got my life back three and a half years ago. Fortunately, I I think that uh, God sits on the shoulder of every drunk. Uh, I had good people who helped me uh, keep things going. While I was in the happy house and I came out and got things running again, and uh, we've been growing it and growing it, and uh, we've now turned it into a national wholesaler. We've gone pretty quickly from uh, not quickly, gradually, I guess would be a, a better term, uh, from about three or four states to 24. We're operating with carriers that most of our competitors don't have depending on you know, what state we're in. And we've got some unique opportunities. I'm having a lot of fun. This is the greatest, the greatest uh, business in the whole world. And we've got a new opportunity coming out that we're going to be able to help uh, many agents be able to get direct access to personal commercial lines products without ever having to fill out an Accord app and they'll be able to do it within their office uh we've we've got a a couple of job openings right now for new positions and the excitement of this industry is just unending i get up now every morning at four o'clock i can't get enough of this i'm having fun
1: yeah that's great well there's there's a bunch of stuff in there so as someone who um, was tasked with breaking the chain, uh, in my own family. Um, I can understand and respect your battle, and I'm very happy and, um, for you t- for having done that because I understand, uh, and have seen firsthand what that looks like. Um, so that's that's great, and I, and I'm very, uh, uh I appreciate you sharing that because I think, um, think a lot of people struggle with that and I think to see someone come out the other side of it gives hope to everybody so yeah I just
0: read a great book about it too uh my pillow guy Mike Lindell's book uh for anybody who's a business person which I think most of the people listening to this are and struggled. that was a, a fantastic tool for me
1: yeah well thank well yeah we'll have that linked up in the show notes so um I think what I what I like is uh what I like about about you know sh- shenanigans on what you're doing and 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 is that um it probably would have been easy to coast to a certain extent um but you didn't do that you know in in, in and our an right. and 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 though I know you know I know you can't mention the exact names of the carriers the opportunities that you have coming out in personal lines specifically are really it's really exciting stuff. yeah
0: you know I, I I could I could be sitting in my front lawn uh, lapping up the waves right now if I wanted to be but I'm very excited about the opportunities that uh, we are bringing to the table. Uh, I mean like right now I got a call yesterday from and I can't tell their name yet like Ryan said but uh, one of the biggest AM best a plus rated national carriers that you don't normally find for personal lines in the independent agency system is going to be available for personal lines, we're talking home, auto, umbrella, dwelling, toys, uh, through Shenango brokers in nine states uh, as recently as, or it soon has uh, today. Uh, another one of our uh, major carriers who does not want their name tied to this has asked us for package business through the end of October, and they're paying $50 per personal line's policy. Uh, so if you ride a, house, a home car package, you get 50 for the house, 50 for the car, and another 50 because I'm a nice guy when you sold a package and did the right thing uh so that's going on to the end of october and with that particular company we can get agents the ability to rate and upload the policies right in, right in their office uh, we have other carrier relationships where we're actually going to be able to offer the online rating and binding uh, some are already in place for commercial lines. Uh, other opportunities are in the works. Uh, the other thing we just did this company is a small company and it's a, it's a New York company. We have an admitted carrier in New York called Leatherstocking. They're AM Best rated A- and they are partnering with us in Long Island, being the counties of Nassau and Suffolk in New York, for new admitted. Uh, AM Best A minus rated homeowner's product uh, should be available in September, and they will write homeowner's right up to the water. They will do a uh, windstorm deductible on a sliding basis from 0% to 5%. They'll write a replacement cost or an ACV homeowner's, any limit that the insured chooses. Uh, I've done business with the company since 1991 in many different ways uh, we have a tremendous relationship with them and we think that they're going to be a very, very good alternative for agents doing business in Nassau and Suffolk County. We've also just taken on uh, Another national carrier, uh, new enough that I'm not sure if I'm supposed to use their names yet, but let's put it this way, they're a sister to the lizard. And we are writing workers comp, commercial auto, bops, commercial packages, homeowners uh, in 23 states with them. Very excited to grow. And the other thing that many agents are really faced with right now is the loss of commercial auto markets. Uh, In addition to AmTrust over the last year non-renewing their book, uh, we've all got a partner that, you know, their rates get progressively higher. We've got other carriers. uh, MetLife has just announced that their entire commercial lines book is getting non-renewed beginning in October. So those non-renewal notices are actually starting to come out now over the summer, depending on the state you're in. So there's a lot of commercial auto that's got to be replaced we've got two national carriers uh, that want all the commercial auto they can get i've actually got some regional carriers depending on the state and depending on the state and the carrier i've got some that don't credit score so we're here we've got great products we love helping agents help their customers and uh, we've got unique things that other wholesalers don't have
1: Yeah. I, um, you know, the, the the commercial auto is what brought me to, to reach out to you guys, but the, you know, just all the opportunities, I mean, for, for, for anyone listening to this that doesn't understand New York, New York is an odd state. If you're where I am up in Albany, all the way to Buffalo, you know, you basically you're, 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 you're writing like it's the Midwest. It's, um, you know, mid, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's it's like a middle of the country risk. You know, there's no earthquakes. There's you know, rarely a tornado. There's no hurricanes, you know, That's a really and, good
0: point, Ryan. Yeah. If you look at, if you go to our website at Shenango brokers.com, that's C H E N A N G O B R O K E R S.com. On the homepage, there's a map and in, and each state that we're licensed in is in green uh, or actually releasing a new website within the next week or two, so there's some updates that are coming on there. But anyway, any state that we're in is in green. If you click on any state except New York, it'll bring up a PDF and it will tell you all the products that we offer in that particular state. In New York, you'll notice that there are two dots on the on the map. And to say what Ryan was just saying, with upstate New York being like the Midwest, he's absolutely Uh, correct that it is. And the markets that play in upstate New York, sometimes because of where the carriers are allowed to write business, some carriers can't write in the five boroughs. But you'll find that the markets that are available upstate versus what's available downstate can be completely different.
1: Yeah. And the way they write the policies, I mean, you look at a good example is, um, is Hanover. They have upstate risks. And then down and they, they delineate the two, you know, basically Westchester County line south is downstate risks. And, right. And, uh, and, you
0: know, some of that is, you know, probably reinsurance and coastal and that yeah. kind of thing. But you're right. But the risks are much different. Yeah. Uh, in the two territories.
1: Well, you go from... You go from buildings potentially built in the 1700s in upstate New York to brand new skyscrapers and, you know, the densest right. population yeah. to and, coastal. And, and you
0: know, that that's something that's important that Shenango brings to the table with the unique carriers that we have in New York. Most of the other wholesalers don't do business with the cooperative insurance companies that we have in New York. And we actually uh, are partnered with a few of them. Uh, and we can, go, these companies can't go into the five boroughs of New York. They're not redlining. They're just not licensed to do it. Uh, but they can write everywhere from Westchester County all the way up to Niagara Falls. And some of them, depending, I believe on their charter, can go into Long, uh, Long Island's Nassau, and Suffolk counties. So, uh, they're unique companies. Uh, they'll write vacant property. They'll write, uh, Homeowner, the older homeowners, they'll write rental properties. They, they do a lot of things that the stock companies or even the large uh, regional type mutual companies don't want any part of. And they do a really good job of it. Um,
1: so, the last, you know, I, I, I want to be respectful of your time. And, um, you know, the last, the last thing I'd, I'd really like to, or at least the last thing for now, uh, that I'd like to, to, to kind of have you talk about is um, kind of the pitch for using a wholesaler. Because one of the things that I hear out on the agent circle all the time, and, and it's real, that I'm not saying this in a negative way, is it's just tough to find markets. And I think a lot of people get lost in direct appointments. And and look, there are advantages, to direct appointments, but there's also disadvantages. And um, you know, I'm I'm you know, for, for, for someone who may be struggling or someone who may feel like they don't have access or they're or they're they're limited by the fact that they just are struggling to get in front of markets, like maybe just hit them with the pitch for working with a wholesaler and and even, you know, in general.
0: There's there's more than meets the IRI and the obvious reason is that the wholesaler can bring you markets that you don't have access to through your normal agency relationships. You know, if you have a direct appointment with uh, XYZ Mutual, great. And we know you're going to feed most of your business to your primary carriers and we want you to. We want you to get a nice contingency check. But they don't fit everything that you're going to write. And I've got, and the other thing you need to understand is different kinds of wholesalers. A lot of people assume that the wholesale marketplace is ENS. And while we're licensed to write ENS in a couple of states, and we actually use a separate little agency we own to do that, our focus is standard and preferred. Admitted products, in both, in both primarily commercial, but some small, uh, also personal lines. But uh, so we're not an ENS marketplace. So an agent can come to us without having to pay some astronomical sign-up fee. He doesn't have to pay us, you know, some, you know, I guess some of these other wholesalers charge agencies two or three hundred bucks a month. I've heard. I don't know. And we don't charge that, and the agent owns his business. He needs to have, you know, a license, et cetera, and a brokerage agreement with us. But then he has access to our markets that he doesn't have, and then he can just continue feeding his own markets with things that work well. Now we were just talking about commercial auto. One of the reasons that it's so tough to place right now is it's volatile from a loss standpoint or loss ratio standpoint, carriers are losing money. That's why they're getting off it. So you're transferring that to my loss ratio as opposed to your own and still making a relatively generous portion of the commission. So it can help your agency a couple of ways that way. Another way in certain states, and I am not advocating that you do this with my or any other products, um, but if you're an agent who charges fee revenue and you're looking for fee revenue in certain states, you're not allowed to charge a broker fee when you're using your agency license. But if you're brokering the business to a wholesaler, you can charge a uh, a fee uh, for procuring your, or using your professional services to procure the policy. If, if you have to follow the laws in the given state, uh, the customer usually has to sign an acknowledgement, et cetera. But that's another way that you have access to it. Uh, but really, we actually have agencies, uh, rather large commercial agencies, who will place business with us because we can actually get the job done for them faster than their own agency can get it done in their centralized commercial lines office. I can think of two agents, three agencies right off the top of my head that we are doing that actively with on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. I, I also think, I, I mean, I think the, your idea, and, and, and this has actually crossed my mind um, it, around commercial auto. I mean, I know commercial auto in New York is is a disaster in, in some of the surrounding states and it's just, like you said, it's volatile, and if you're trying to to build a good, solid book of business with a with a good loss ratio with a carrier, you don't want to run a ton of commercial auto with them. Well,
0: and that's just it. I get calls every day. John, can you write NEMT? John, can you write Amazon? Well, I got kind of some good news. Uh, NEMT, no, sorry, not happening. You might have to cart me off in one if we did that, but. Uh, Amazon, I will say that I'm aware that one of my preferred carriers is working on a product, but I will also say that I currently have a product to write the workers' comp for Amazon drivers anywhere in the country. Uh, So, you know, somebody needs that, that's available, but we do, I'm aware that one of my carriers is developing uh, a product now for the Amazon trucks, and hopefully later this year, that comes to fruition, but I can't talk any more than that about it.
1: It's still in the what about box. when the big blimps start dropping drones out of the with our packages in it? Do you have um, you got a market for those things?
0: Come to my retirement party on that. <laughs> I, I, I I have no markets for drones. I know there's some specialty markets out there that do them. I had a I had a bad experience with a drone recently I, because of everybody moving out of New York City and trying to get into upstate New York. I, got my house on the market and the drone was there the other day and did all the filming and three or four days later I was in my backyard at the pool with less clothing on than I probably should have and I had a memory of that drone and I'll never do it again <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey if they want to look let them look right I mean it's a new world out there.
0: <laughs> that's right maybe I won't be single forever you know <laughs>
1: Hey, John, uh, this has been tremendous. I appreciate your time, man. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, us us building our relationship or, you know, Rogue and Shenango and then you and I personally. And I, and I just appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and sharing your experience and your thoughts, man.
0: I, I was absolutely uh, thrilled. Uh, to come on. If anybody has questions, either for me or for a lot of people, know uh, our agency relations director, Jamie Depot, He's been around the insurance water cooler for 40 some years, most recently at uh, New York's Big Eye. Uh, shoot us a text, 607 246 7277, or I can take a quick email, jmason at chenangobrokers.com. As always, we want your business. Uh, pick up the phone, give us a call. 1-800-403-3738, or just shoot us an application. Uh, we're more than happy to do quotes for agents uh, prior to you signing up with us. If you want to kind of take us for a test drive, we'll do that. We will need to have you sign a broker agreement with us in order to find coverage. If you want to send us a quote, uh, email address is quotes at That's quotes at dot scom Thank you, Ryan. I can't thank you enough. I've enjoyed also getting to know you over the last uh, few weeks since we've been talking. Look forward to doing more business with you. And like you said, I'd heard of you for a long, long time. And then Jamie was talking about you. And so finally, we've established this relationship over the phone. And when we're all allowed to go outside and play again, maybe we'll actually meet.
1: (laughs) That sounds good to me, man. Hey, have a great day. All right. You too, Ryan. Thanks. Yes. a few drinks and smoke the joint bubbles? (laughs) Yes.